welcome to the Delling Pod with me, James Dellingpot. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I'm extra excited this time because because we're going to be randomly live streaming it. And we've given like Dan, is it about zero seconds notice? We've given to the to the audience. Yeah, zero time whatsoever. So let's see how that goes. Um, <laughs> so Dan Aston Gregory, welcome. To the to the Delling Pod, I. Th- th- but the only thing I know about you is that you last weekend you hosted. I thought it was very very clever of you, and I saw I didn't turn up. You hosted this amazing conference in London, uh, all about the lockdown and vaccines, and you got all. You, you got quite a good crowd. Yes, I mean we were still obviously it's two days before uh, Freedom Day, so we were still dealing with venue restrictions, which limited. Um, the attendance in the room. Um, right. we, we had something like 40,000, 50,000 people sign up, but of course, you know, we'd, we'd need an actual stadium <laughs> to, fill, to, fill, uh, to fill that crowd. So it was an invite-only uh, audience of, of journalists, uh, media, academics, scientists, influencers, um, public figures, really to try and help spread some of these uh, conversations that we've, you and I have probably been talking about for the last... 12 months <laughs> and let me guess let me guess it got really widespread coverage in the mainstream media and they were all, <laughs> they were all hungry for this information from yes yes i've been I've, my door has been beaten down since the weekend no you're absolutely right uh, unfortunately um uh, deadly silence once again uh alternative media um kind of uh the usual suspects have, have been very helpful um uh, spiked in spectator which i still consider as main mainstream media to, to some degree uh were in attendance which is which is great to were see them now? there Interesting. yeah yeah um um rt news were there they've done some pieces um but yeah uh, uh we did have some signups from the sunday times and the daily express but they didn't they didn't actually uh show uh, yeah color me color me incredibly surprised you know, it's 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 inevitable just just tell me a bit about yourself dan apart from apart from the conference you organized I see that you're a young person. You're younger than me. And everyone younger than me well, looks like a young person. Yeah, I'm 37 years old. Um, that's young. Some <laughs> Still. Yeah, okay, that's young. Categorised as young. I'll take, take that as a compliment. Um, but uh, in the last decade, I've spent um, working with entrepreneurs, helping them transform their ideas into reality. I'm really quite passionate about solving um, major problems through uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, so... When this situation emerged in 2020, um, well, firstly, I was really excited for 2020. I thought, it's, you know, it's the, we get excited about New Year's Eve, don't we? It's the 31st of December. The first, the first, of, we expect the first of January to this mir- miraculous new beginning. It, ne- it never is, but we kind of build it up that way. So even more so, I was excited for the new decade. I thought this is going to be a fantastic decade of opportunity for change, uh, and then. Lo and behold, uh, within several months, you see a global pandemic arise. So naturally, with an, as an entrepreneur who focuses on solving problems, this thing piqued my attention. And um, I've been following it ever since and started my own podcast in October, the Pandemic Podcast, to cover a lot of the critical issues around uh, the pandemic. Um, yeah. I've now reached between five and six million uh, views um, through our live show. Um, and wanted to do something a bit different to try and uh, raise awareness about these critical issues and hence the uh, summit on Saturday. I think we're not going to solve it. <laughs> I think it's beyond that. <laughs> you, you and me, you or me, even like if we, even if we combine forces as we're doing on this, on this podcast now, I suspect it's slightly above uh, our, our pay grade, but I know what you mean about 2020. I, uh, I had on the, I like reading magazines in the bath and I had a copy of the January issue of country life. And it was all about all the amazing destinations that we're going to be going to in, in 2020. And it stood there mocking me, mocking with me with my petty aspirations about uh, the, the, all the places I could go. I, I did actually make it to Greece, which was nice, mm. but I yes. just want this year. I'm just wondering, is it, is it worth it? Is it, is it worth the, the hassle? because they're deliberately making it really, really hard and really unpleasant. I know there were some places you can go to, which are Albania apparently is, is, is the, is the best European destination right now, Albania and North, North Macedonia, I think. Um, those Two are- areas I know very sadly know very little about, but uh, you know, if that's our choices, then I haven't been there. So maybe there's an opportunity, well, but you're absolutely right. We are we are a little bit stuck uh, when it comes to international travel and, and for how long 
uh, is completely unknown. Like you said, I was lucky to get a little bit of travel in at the beginning of last year. My wife and I went on our honeymoon to Thailand, which actually was the beginning of my own investigation into what was happening because um, I'd heard rumblings, of course, of what was happening in China um, uh, with the dramatic imagery of um, crash test dummies lying on the floor. Which yeah, I know, yeah. it's, it's a little insulting to say that, really. But, called, but, but, no, I think they're called crisis actors, aren't they? That's the technical term. Crisis, crisis actors. Actor. Yeah, that's the, te- that's the technical when, term. Um, when were you in, um, in Thailand? Two weeks before the, uh, in fact, one week before the lockdown began. So we were there for uh, nearly three weeks. Uh, we flew back into Britain and uh, the, the, uh, pretty much as soon as we landed back, the lockdowns were announced uh, yeah. and within a, within a week, within a week, the rest is history. So that's, just by the a nose. Scraping that is the, the, the equivalent of being on the last helicopter out of Saigon. I think it's um, yeah, pretty, you, pretty much I, all these places like um, that you would think would not give a toss about this stuff. You know, Thailand, I mean, they're all, it's, I used to imagine as probably you did that countries, nation states had a degree of autonomy about about how they're going to, well, decide their, their people's affairs, you know, based on the sort of democratic process. I mean, okay, maybe it's wanting in some, some countries in Africa and, and stuff, but you would have thought that there would be a variety around the world. And actually, mm. we're all looking around thinking, where could we go? Where, where is it not? Where is the stupid not prevailing? And I think the answer is mm. almost nowhere. And even those countries which have bravely tried to, I mean, I think how many, how many heads of a state have, have, have died, died mysteriously? I mean, there was Magafuli in Tanzania. Um, mm-hmm. There was um, uh, the president of Haiti. Um, yeah, the, the it, it's like there's tremendous pressure to, to toe the line, and I, I'm not seeing anywhere where you can escape the, the madness. I mean, it's shocking. I was discussing this with um, one of our speakers from the conference, and you know, people refer back to the Rockefeller uh, documents from 2010, I think, uh, talking about the lockstep program, and we were debating whether that was a um, kind of a prescription for how to operate or a prediction of how human behavior would unfold in the face of a crisis like this. And I, I, it, there's arguments on both sides, but certainly that the, the, the similarities, the unorthodox similarities between international approaches is, is highly questionable. Um, and, you know, really very little autonomous decision-making. I mean, there's exceptions like Sweden, for instance, that have taken a different approach, um, but but even even to today, I mean, I saw a video coming out of New Zealand, and you know they're telling their citizens to um, not speak to each other in the supermarkets because speaking itself may cause a greater risk. So they're actually telling their citizens not to communicate with one another, uh, which okay. in any other any, any other time in history you would recognise that the the, the 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 alarm bells that that would create. Um, but seemingly this is all becoming acceptable. No, they're, they're hitting the they they're focusing particularly on the Five Eyes countries. Um, that's a given that, that, um, and, and you think about it, it's ironic, particularly, um, with New Zealand, I think that for most of my life, New Zealand would be on the list of places you, you flee to when the shit hits the fan, or, you know, at least you've got this redoubt, um, in the back of beyond where plenty of open space and, and, you know, they, they speak English and it's a civilized culture, and I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to live in, in New Zealand? Or rather, the question now is who wouldn't have wanted to live in New Zealand? Because you, you wouldn't want to live there now. You want, under, under old horse face woman. I mean, she is, she might as well be working for the Chinese Communist Party. She's, she's just awful. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested in your observations. I mean, what, what, what I've tried to make sense of around this is why this is happening on a political scale. Um, obviously, in the last five, 10, 15 years, we've seen this kind of rise of right-wing populism. Um, and, and I just wonder, is, there, is this another one of those classic kind of pendulum swings to the, the no. opposite, magnified by a, by a, no. by a, by a it's pandemic? It's totally not. Seeing... Dan, you're already using the kind of language which, which is, is completely irrelevant. It's the language of the debate in the pre-2020 world. Which no longer exists, <laughs> and and it didn't even ex- it didn't even exist at the time that that we were just 
we were just fooled. But the idea that right-wing populism or populism, any, any of these terms are the invention of, well, I suppose the same kind of people who are responsible for, for what's going on now. The, indeed, the whole left-right divide is, is created by the same people responsible exactly. for going, going on yeah. now. It's, yeah. They are completely meaningless. And, and, and anyone who is, is unaware of this really needs um, to give their head a good, you know, I, I don't know what, pull, pull themselves together right, is, is a polite way of putting it. And, and Well, that's, that's the hard thing, James. I agree with you. It's the hard thing is that, you know, we've seen in 2020, 2021, you know, conscious awareness of what happens in the world and why it happens is extremely limited. So people kind of still reference their kind of identity of these pieces. So, you know, in traditional pre-2020 terms, I'd, it looks to me the approach is, is, is a fundamentalist kind of left wing radicalism in terms of the policies, uh, particularly out of using New Zealand example. But again, I know it's using kind of old terminology and, and you're absolutely right. Those, those that can punctuate between what's, what's really happening here amongst this divisive nature. But a lot of people out there still haven't made their way. They haven't navigated that conversation. It's very difficult for them to, to observe. You know, it, it, it is it is very difficult. Um, and it's, I think, one of the most shocking things about the the last 18 months is the degree to which people choose their own their own slave camps, their own concentration camps. They just they wander willingly in. They've been enticed in by the or orchestra playing at the entrance and they think oh that's nice it's it's playing <laughs> you wouldn't have an orchestra at, at the at the gateway to a concentration camp it's all going to be okay it, it's amazing I, I was thinking about this actually because I've, I've got to do a I've got to do a um, an interview with a, an American show tonight and I I was thinking how extraordinary it is that I don't know whether it's the same in America but it's certainly the case in in Britain that about the only thing, about the only thing that kids learn in their history lessons in school is the rise of the Nazis. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, it, this is, the, this is the, the lesson from history. And I remember a few, a few years back when they still used to make serious documentaries on TV, there was a series called The Nazis, A Warning from History. You know, the, the subtitle kind of gives you a clue that this is the message that we, we know that, 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 that Hitler's Germany, World War II generally, have become the, the, a sort of the very type of, of what happens when, when tyrants are allowed to, to take over a country and how they, how they are able to manipulate and brainwash a populace into a position where people start being carted off in trains to death camps and, 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 and things like this. And, and that a, a regime initially with a very narrow support base is able to create this kind of Gotterdämmerung where the whole country is destroyed. And I had, a, I had a look at my kids' history project, their, their textbooks that they had to study when, when they um, were doing their history GCSEs. And it's really quite detailed stuff. It's actually quite turgid. You get far more detail than you would ever possibly need, certainly far more than you can ever possibly absorb on the details of, you know, the Reichstag fire and all, all the, the brown shirts and, and et cetera, et cetera. And when it happens in, in real time, in real life, Everyone goes, yeah, but it's going to be fine. You know, that like like the BBC says this, and and Boris says he's a libertarian, and and uh, yeah, it's all going to be fine. I, what what? Why are people so stupid? It's just well, uh, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, it's 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 lesson in human behavior. I mean, I, I've just re read um, the origins of totalitarianism by uh, Hannah Arendt, uh, who's very well respected. Um, political right. scientist or political philo philosopher, um, but, uh, but, but really, really lays out the outline for what, uh, what, what the conditions that, that re result in uh, totalitarianism. And it, it, it'd be very difficult for anyone to read that book and not recognise the distinct similarities with what we're seeing right now. Um, and I'm horrified at the public reaction. But again, reading those books, reading the history, you can see that the same thing, it's a history, it does repeat itself, that the, the large was there is some level of kind of polite rejection of what's happening. Generally, people just go about their business and before you know it, the, 
you know, the mission creep is, is taken over and so is your life. You know, it's, it's, people want it's, to it's be, shocking. People, people do seem to have a, a desire to, they want to be within the, within the in crowd. I mean, they, they want yeah. to be part of the group think rather than part of the out group. And, mm. and, and, and of course, um, Hitler and all the, all the 20th century tyrants had access to books explaining to them exactly how to manipulate people and the, the propaganda industry. And um, it, it, it's, it's, they do use the, use the same playbook, but it's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so there's currently a documentary series on, um, on Netflix presented by the imp from Game of Thrones. Um, he does the voiceover, Peter Dinklage. And it's called, I don't know, how to make a, how to make a tyrant or something. And it, it analyzes all these dictators through history. And, oh, isn't it amazing? They've got all these things in common. And I was looking at the episode on the manipulation, manipulation of the media with propaganda and, and, and also through just, just promoting evident falsehoods and, and mm -hmm. marginalizing people who are marginalizing critics and, Oh yeah, junk science. I mean, there was a section. There's one on um, on Stalin, and yep. on um, uh, uh, what's the guy who? Uh, it's so hot that I've I've forgotten his name temporarily. The, 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 the junk science geneticist who just just made up crap, and and science it, it comes back to being Stalin promoted him, even though he was talking absolute rubbish. That mm. that but. This documentary series failed to notice that this is what is happening in every country of the world right now. And, Absolutely. Uh, it, so, so we have not learned lessons from history at all. And not at all. Uh, People to say this is different. This is different. It's like no, it's not different. You know, you're discriminating based uh, in the in the in the case of vaccine passports. You're still discriminating on a human characteristic. You know, it's it, well, the medical is... status. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, and, and this is another interesting facet of this, that, for example, um, early last year, when, when, when some of us were becoming perfectly well aware that there was going to be this discrimination of, th th that not just discrimination against, but a kind of a, a campaign of vituperation against people who mm -hmm. were not on board with the correct thinking and who didn't want to get this alleged vaccine, which isn't, which isn't a vaccine and so on. Um, that, that we, we, we made references to yellow stars, you know, why not wear a yellow star? And what happens is, this is quite interesting, you get, um, well, the shit libs are the first to move in and the shit libs, I'm convinced, there's lots, there are lots of people who are on um, social media who, who poses these this kind of random people who've come from nowhere, who've acquired this massive following. I don't think that that is, that is necessarily the case. I think that they are planted and financed by uh, the kind of people who want this, this, this shit to happen. You know, I mean, this, um, I, I'm not going to name the names because I don't want to be sued by them, uh, but, but it, it's extraordinary. So, so, so these people are the first to, to, I mean, actually quite a few of them are, are, are licensed uh, BBC comics. I mean, they are, they are the kind of the vanguard of, of, of the shit lib uh, commentariat. Um, they've got this public profile. They've got the correct, they've got the correct um, sort of fascist, communist, whatever opinions, because you know they have, because they work for the BBC. They wouldn't get the job otherwise. Um, and what they do is they instantly say, how dare you compare what's going on now to the murder of 6 million Jews? And this is the trope that they, they sort of promote, if, if, if that's what you do with a trope. I'm not sure, do you promote a trope? Anyway, they, they push out this trope. And then you get people like, sort of innocent people like, Kirsty Allsop, you know, who's who's actually, yeah, she's all right. She 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 does that nice program about about places to live, and and she seems a nice, you know, reasonable person, and she says some nice things. But she gets sucked into this thing and promotes this actually fallacious um, idea that there is no comparison between, and, and that furthermore, it is outrageous to do so. It is wrong, and and what they do is they discourage people from making the obvious connections with history with historical events that have, that have happened mm -hmm. and 
as a result, they downplay what is happening now. They 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 make people frightened to to comment, and they also they just they they even give people the false illusion that actually this time it's really okay, and it's all a lot of fuss about nothing. It's it's very insidious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. It's, it's like, oh no, this is different. This is different. This is you know that's just not not the case. And I think to 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 make comparisons is not to diminish any other circumstances it's to raise awareness of the fact that, that some of the the clear principles and uh mechanisms that resulted in those conditions are beginning to unfold um you know whether it's through a digital technology this time versus a physical badge it's it's still distinct you're still distinguishing between one type of person one type of person and another type of person based upon this time a different set of human characteristics um uh, you know in world war ii you know you had the the jewish shops and the aryan shops that started with uh just simple labeling and you know we've got nightclubs now allegedly from september depending if it goes through uh, saying, you know, it won't necessarily say vaccinated only on the door, but it may as well say yeah. that uh, if 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 uh, if, um, if this goes through. Uh, but people can't make that; they can't seem to make the the, the comparison. But but the reality is, it, if you do make the comparison, you recognise that one group of people are being made to be that are labelled as a superior race or a superior group of people because they've done X, Y, and Z. And others are, are are inferior or 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 less worthy members of society because they haven't done this. Yes. And that that's where you can see the comparison. But for a lot of people, they, they they justify it under the idea of the fact that this is supposedly to protect others for the greater good, but they're unable to see that moral authority has been assumed by uh, the state or the global uh, elites who have you, you, you know taken this stance and inflicted it essentially on a global scale. Because when we look at this at a global scale, when you look at Nazi Germany, you can start to make sense of, you know, a single dictator. You can see it in a single isolated area. I mean, it still, it still baffles me when I see how this is unfolding on a global level um, around a single pathogen. Well, does, um, it, does it baffle you? I mean, it all makes total sense to me. You know, I, it's... I'm just not. I'm not not reading any satisfactory explanation or informed explanation in in the newspapers. I mean, for example, today I read a a piece by in the Telegraph by Alistair Heath, who I mean, this has been a this has been a real sheep goats scenario. And in the last eighteen months, every single journalist that I admire or used to admire has 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 shit the bed. I mean, the, the, nobody. I, I, I'm trying to think who, who, what exceptions there are to this rule. Okay, um, Majid Nawaz on LBC of all places. I mean, LBC is a kind of lefty stronghold, but he's he's held the line, you know. And the, and, the, and there are there are a few others. There are, um, uh, but I'm talking about people. I'm not. I'm not talking. You know, there are voices in the alternative media, and and you know, that the, the the debate there is quite vigorous, but the mainstream media has been completely bought and paid for. So for example, Alistair Heath, who is about as, as, as outspoken as it gets about as, as kind of into limited government and free markets and stuff as, as, as you'll find in, in the media. And even when he writes pieces about what a disgraceful state of affairs it is that, that, that our country is being, um, the, our economy is being destroyed in the name of this this thing that is killing you know no, certainly no more people than 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 flu. Uh, even he, every article, it's like uh, they, they all do it. He has to genuflect to the vaccine. He has to has to celebrate the amazing miraculous achievement. They all do it. Every single mm. every single um, publication in the mainstream media. Um, every single columnist, they are all under, they're all obeying orders. Where do we get that phrase before, from? They are all obeying orders. They all, um, they, they all um, say that as a matter of course, the vaccine is a wonderful thing and it's what's going to liberate us. And why aren't we opening up given that we've had this incredible technological success, you know, our, our medics have excelled themselves and stuff. And it's just not true. 
it simply is not true. You know, how, how many articles have you read in the mainstream media about, about adverse reactions? Very limited. Very limited. There's been a, there's been a couple, but they, they they don't really ask questions. They'll state they'll they'll state a situation, but they won't go beneath the bonnet. Um, and recently, as well, you know, breakthrough cases. You know, where it's this this navy vessel. There's been a hundred cases amongst double double jabbed individuals. They'll point it out, but they won't they won't go as far as saying perhaps this isn't as effective as we thought it was. Yes. You know, that we 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 we've we've never seen in history the most such fraudulent use of the term safe, effective, or rare. These three words have been fraudulently used so, so much in the last six to eight months that, you know, it's, it's unsurprising why there, there is a, despite that, the, the kind of ideological um, bedding in of this uh, idea that this is the, 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 the way out of this, there are, the, amongst the critical voices, you know, the, the, the level of trust that has been lost in institutions. I mean, many people are, May have already had a healthy skepticism, but but off the back of this, you, you know, the, the government is running things like vaccine confidence su- summits without ever looking at themselves in the mirror and understanding that it's their own behaviours and their own actions that that drive a lack of trust and a lack of confidence by the fact that just sweeping these issues under the carpet, uh, you know, barely yeah. even touching them. Do you do you, do you ever uh, look at Cliff High's podcast? I don't know. Not familiar. No, no, you're a bit of a normie, aren't you, Dan? <laughs> you're, 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 you're sort of between the normie and the and the not. Um, Cliff High, he is this. He's a kind of crazy American who does these these podcasts. God, I'm sweating. I, I wish I had um. It's baking, I, man. It's baking. I wish yeah. I had a I... team here to powder my forehead. You know, <laughs> uh, okay, so you should check out his stuff. He's he, he's he's quite he's quite kooky, but he's quite interesting. So Cliff High. His speciality is um, searching databases, searching the internet, basically, and seeing how much, how many times particular words crop up. And I, there's probably a technical term for this: word analysis, word frequency analysis, something like that. Anyway, he he sort of he forecasts trends based on what he's what he's seeing. And if you wanted to be optimistic which I'm generally not, but if you wanted to be, Cliff it, Cliff is your man because Cliff says that, okay, it's all going to be terrible. I mean, really bad stuff is, is coming down the line, but observing the trends, people are becoming increasingly aware that these, these jabs, these so-called vaccines are not what we're being told they are. That, and, and that the knock-on effect of this is that, Big Pharma is is over. It's toast that no one is going to trust. In fact, it's not just Big Pharma that's going to be the victim of this. It's going to be the entire medical establishment. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to go anywhere near my my NHS surgery. And I I loved my my doctor. Um, you know, he was a he's a lovely chap called um, Doctor Shah. Um, and you know, he's he's got a good. He's intelligent. And he's got he's sympathetic and he's got a good manner. But I'm I mean, not sure. yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, the tr- I mean, no, you're absolutely right. I, I think, but on one hand, that, that is really frustrating. But on the other hand, what what I'd have always had a, I mean, I've always had a bias towards natural health, um, yeah, and I've always right, tried right. To, to, you know, to, to to take full ownership of my own well-being, uh, and 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 you know, nourish myself and and condition my body accordingly. Well, not all the time. I try to. This particular year has been actually pretty damn hard to do that, but. But nonetheless, uh, that's led me to having a healthy skepticism. You know, whenever I require medical intervention, if, if there is if there is such an occasion, I will do my own research. But uh, in, in, tw- in two thousand and five, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. It's, not, it's an autoimmune condition, uh, which in itself is now within the last twelve months has taken me on a bit of a journey back. To oh, see what, what, what are the symptoms? Uh, well, Crohn's disease is a you know it's a, it's it's an inflammatory bowel disease. So fortunately, I've been free of symptoms since two thousand and five. But but at the time. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to describe the symptoms no. in graphic okay. detail here, but you can, no, no. You can imagine. <laughs> what is interesting, um, the, the, reason I'm, the reason I'm sort of morbidly curious in your, in your medical yeah. health is, that, is that, that I too, for, for, for many, many years, ha- had and still have to a degree um, a chronic autoimmune disease, which is what, what basically Lyme disease becomes after, you know, if you fail to get it within, to zap it with antibiotics within three months, it just 
the 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 parasite goes into every every recess of your body and 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 really it ceases mm. to be about the, the parasite and becomes this chronic autoimmune disease and and it's you get exactly the same things as you do with with fibromyalgia with with me with with cfs and um i i suspect that um crohn's disease is they're, they're yes. what they're, they're what um the guy who invented the botaco method called diseases of civilization because these are and what he meant by that these are diseases which are which people used not to get in the old days you know up until probably the, the early 20th century people did not get these get these things and so clearly they are a product of something which has happened in the world with with industrial civilization and they're to do with with diet to do with chemicals, to do with the water supply, to do with, uh, I would have thought things like um, you know, radio waves and, and all, you know, all this. I mean, you've seen the shit that comes off a mobile phone, you know. The, what? Yes. <laughs> and, and you've got kids glued to these things all day. They're probably frying their brains, aren't they? Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I don't think there's anything kooky about, about wanting to, you know, recognizing that that health starts with healthy food, probably lots of meat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> lots of meat. I mean, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of meat. I, I'm not buying this vegetarian shit, and still less am I buying <laughs> this vegan shit. I, I, I think, it, you know, I was a vegan for three months. Um, I had right. to be. I mean, I was advised to be. I, uh, I, I, I went to Germany to be treated for my um, Lyme disease. I went to this expensive clinic, and it was great. I mean, I just, I was had these sexy nurses shoving these tubes in my arms and pumping me full of these kind of, uh, you know, healthy, healthy gunk. I don't know, you know, not, not chemical stuff, but nice stuff. Um, and, and they had a resident nutritionist and the, the resident nutritionist um, said that um, you want to go on an anti-inflammatory diet. And so therefore we recommend veganism. And by uncanny coincidence, the nutritionist was herself a vegan. So you know, it's it's like I I imagine to a vegan every every health, every dietary problem looks looks vegan shaped, but actually it was it's a complete waste of time. You do not become yeah. A vegan. I mean the, the the problem of veganism and, and, and vegetarianism it doesn't necessarily promote healthy living. I think you know, you know I've got plenty of friends who are vegetarian or vegan who aren't necessarily healthy. Um, uh, for, for myself, you know, following an anti-inflammatory diet, which actually to play devil's advocate to that it did require reducing uh, meat intake and and prioritizing plant-based uh foods yeah uh, so you're, using, you're using the language of the enemy already i'm sorry dan you are well i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry yes. I, but, it, but I, 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 what, i'm talking about food that grows in the earth um vegetables fruits i mean for me personally we're talking about anti autoimmune conditions you know that the reason I'm telling you this is because I went to the doctor and they said, you know, you need to have these steroids, you need to have this. And I'd done my own research and I thought these are going to cause me more harm than good. So I did my own independent research. I founded some of a uh, set of dietary protocols and, uh, and other contributory um, uh, methods, mindfulness and all, all these other things, um, because stress can be a big, 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 big factor in autoimmune conditions. But nonetheless, as a curative method, you know, that there's certain there are certain food types that have the kind of fight the micronutrients the phytonutrients that you need to help flush your body of toxins so i followed this 30-day protocol essentially and uh and my doctor told me that there's no evidence it's going to work and i said well not in your world but but i've seen tens of thousands yeah. of testimonials for this type of approach so i follow it and lo and behold 28 days later you know all of the symptoms are here and i have another autoimmune condition psoriasis i suffered i suffered with psoriasis for years when i was a childhood yeah. fortunately it went away when i was about 15 but when i was 30 it flared up same problem massive massive amount of stress working too hard christmas coming up burning burning things at both ends uh, both candle but candle at both ends and um the same thing doctor was like you've got to do this this and this i said i'm not doing that i'm not putting all that in my body i'm going to just follow this protocol and again followed the protocol cured itself you know healed itself naturally disappeared haven't haven't looked back yeah. um so, so so for me it's about medical empowerment we can disagree or, or, or agree on, on the different dietary principles i what i do agree with you on is all these identity labels i i i refuse to subscribe to labels you know vegetarian veganism entrepreneur business leader it, it just it plays into categorizing people and i'm not into that you know humans are very deep deep rich characters that can't you know be pigeonholed with labels it's just a way to 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 
minimize and simplify things. But but the point is for me around this is about taking ownership of one's own medical um, future. And the last 12 months for me has driven home how important it is to ha- to take full autonomy of your own medical decisions. Uh, because my yeah the trust the trust I already had skepticism. And it doesn't mean there aren't great doctors. It doesn't mean there aren't great scientists. Of course there are. But as an institution, a set of institutions, I think there are a set of, it's, it's driven by the same source that sort causes most of the problems we see in the world. And, you know, m- money is the primary driver. And at the end of that is greed. Uh, and, you know, it, as we've seen in the last 12 months, 18 months, however long this is, p- people don't necessarily stop to question. And our event on the Saturday was called Question Everything. That's the title of my brand. Um, is to ask questions about what's what's in front of you. Um, when I was at university, I, I'm a different character as I was then, but I was someone who would poke holes in things. I would, I would pull them apart. In fact, my tutor said, we want you to stay and do a master's because, you know, I was essentially telling them that economic theory doesn't exist. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so well, we, we need more people. Economics. I did. I studied economics. Yeah. 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 That's what I and did, you, did um, you get, um, did they introduce you to ideas like, Mises and, and Hayek or was it was it purely sort of Keynesian Keynesian bollocks it's quite broad uh, Keynesian was relatively dominant but there was yeah. quite a breadth um, um, and again I was quite I, I felt quite lucky I felt like I was part of the like last generation of of, of I don't know when it when the education system changed, but there was a lot of free debate and discussion and yeah. uh, you know I, I think that trained me well for looking at the world in a slightly different way, to, but, but also to empathize with different perspectives, even if they're not the same as my own and uh, to seek and, and, and have a thirst for understanding, you know, that's, you know, the, relentlessly tried to make sense of the world. Um, and I just think we've lost that through the education system as part of the problem. And it's also part of why we're experiencing what we're experiencing right now. So I think, what do you, you think know, what's going on? What, what's, what's your, what's your grand universal theory about what's, what's happening? I don't have a universal theory, but I do have a ball of yarn that has many, many strands to it that need individually unfold, you know, unraveling to say, well, here's this strand. We've got the philanthrocapitalism strand over here. We've kind of got the globalist thing over here. We've got the cultural dimension over here. We've got the social. The, the, to me, there's no unif- single unifying theory, but there are. there is an amalgamation of, of cultural, social, political, uh, economic intercepts that have led to what we're experiencing today. And I, I, I find it fascinating trying to un- unravel all of those strands to understand what role they play, what, what level of, what, how, much, how much of an influence these different factors have upon what we're witnessing today. Well, okay, and, but a minute, let, let make you, make you try and make you more specific. Which of, the, which of the speakers at your conference did you find made the most compelling case? Frank Ferretti, Professor Frank Ferretti, who's a, who's, who's a cultural scientist, he talked yeah. about cultural safetyism. He talked about the, the, the world's relationship with fear. He talked about the trade-off between the illusion of the trade-off between freedom and safety. And uh, talked. He, he studied for decades um, how fear can permeate, permeate a culture or a society and the, imp- the impact of, of doing so, but, but also how fear can be propagated. And I think it's, it's, it's one of, it was one of the most fast, I mean, I could spend, I, I was just transfixed on his presentation. I mean, if anyone, it, it, we're, we're just uploading all the talks now, but you can, you can watch the full summit uh, at questioneverything.io. But uh, we, that talk in particular, I mean, speaking to the other speakers, all of them came away thinking that that guy was on the money. You know, he, okay. he really understands the, the cultural dimension of, of, of what's led to people's behavior during this particular episode, but not just this episode, what's been happening over the last 10 to 15 years and how it's descended to the point where this was the perfect melting pot or storm for, for some of these things to unfold. It's, it's truly fascinating. Um, yeah, well, Fr- Fr- Frank Freddy is is part of the the kind of the living Marxism crowd that went on to to give us um, Baroness Fox, aka Claire Fox, and it gave us um, Spiked and and Brendan O'Neill, and these these used to be used to be my comrades. I used to I used to I once wrote a piece about for the Spectator about you know. I think I may be a Marxist or something like that. You know, it was, it was a typical sort of click, clickbait headline. And it was the, the, the point I was 
making was that the people with whose views I most identified were, wasn't it crazy? They, they all happened to be, to have worked for the, for the defunct living Marxism magazine, or they're part of that, that, that their, their political analysis was, it seemed to me so much more honest and, um, and fearless than so much of the conservative commentariat. But I have to say, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll check out the Frank Ferrady lecture. Yeah, it, sounds, check it, it sounds to me like he, he's describing a phenomenon, um, a, a, a process. He's describing, you know, how how fear is how fear is is, is promulgated and, and, and generated, and, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen that in, um, um, uh, uh, well. That that sage sage for example is full of behavioral scientists. You know the government has been yep. has, has been working hand with hand with hand in hand with sage to 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 ramp up the fear. That's that's a given, but it doesn't. Obviously, I'm I'm being unfair judging judging a a, a talk on the, the, that I haven't seen. But it doesn't, <laughs> yes. it, it doesn't sound to me yeah. like he's just, he's describing what's happening, but he's not he's not explaining why it's happening, which I think is the much deeper question. And, and I, I have to say, I've noticed Brendan O'Neill, who I used to think was fantastic. And I, I've, I've done, uh, I've, I've, I've been on, you know, platforms with him and we've, we, I mean, he's a nice chap, but for me, he lost, he, he lost his, his commentator to be taken seriously points at the moment when I think it was last week, he said that he he thought it was right to make people care home staff take the vaccine to force them to. I was very surprised to see that. I almost felt like they, they put the article out with the wrong byline. You know, it's Et just, just I was, yeah, I'm just very surprised. Uh, I was very surprised at seeing that. G- given his position on the, a lot of other issues around the pandemic response, I was very surprised to see that one in particular. Well, given that his shtick um, is is I. Uh, I can say stuff that nobody else can say because I think with the intellectual clarity of a of a Marxist, and that gives me a special privilege because it doesn't mean I'm an evil right wing bastard, and I just tell it like it is. Given that all that is so, that that is so, you would have thought that he would be prepared to take the line. Well, well, look, this is this is about principles, and they go beyond. The, the the possibility that some bit some old person in an old person's home might might die as a result of covid contracted from a you know he, he he's not going to fall you would have thought he would not fall for that weaselish um falsely sentimental line but no he's he's gone along with it he's and, and he hasn't even questioned the vaccine narrative now what's that about mm. what's going on there do you well, reckon? I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about Brandon. I've not had any contact with Brandon, but I think it's 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 also it's a function of. Uh, I, I, well, if someone's been questioning everything else that's been going on, I find it very hard to understand why one wouldn't extend that series of questioning into to the vaccines, the vaccine passports, the coercion, and everything else that follows. Um, I, I think there is an institutionalized ideology that surrounds vaccines that makes them almost dogmatic in nature. That. Uh, you know, people have prior conceptions that seem to be un, un, infallible. Uh, the, yeah, but Dan, Dan I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to pin you down on, on this because you're talking about generalities here. What, what? It's not just that these. There's a sort of miasma of kind of thoughts floating around which make people predisposed towards. Come on, nobody. We're talking about a situation where nobody, not the libertarian think tankers, not. Brendan O'Neill of Spiked, not the Daily Telegraph, not any of their conservative commentators. Nobody is questioning the vaccine. What does that tell you? It, it, it's it, this is this is the strangest. Well, I, th- I, I think it's the same as the previous responses that the money, t- the money, the money gives you the answer. I think you know you, yeah. you mentioned that the media is bought and sold, and I think there is. You know, we, I mean, we've worked extensively to try and get pieces into the into the mainstream press, and even if the journalist himself re- resonates with the point of view, we can we can we can share agreements, but they take it to their editor, and even if their editor agrees, then then it still finds its way into a into a barrier, a blockade where yeah. you know there's a let's face the facts: the government has invested money into into the mainstream press to, to propagate their own quote unquote advertising. 
propaganda. Um, and whose money so, is it ultimately? It's it's our money that they're using. It's our money. It's our money. That which is the most damning thing. You know. I think it, the government's it, the government's put it always is planning to put something like a billion pounds, a billion pounds into. I, I, I mean, I remember when a billion pounds was a lot of money, and and, and it's. It's and, and 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 let's not forget how much money Bill Gates has put into, I think what three million dollars to the Telegraph. Now I used to mm. work on the Telegraph. Um, I think my starting salary in the nineteen late eighties was twenty five thousand. Okay, what would you get now? I mean, actually, journalist salaries are are really piss poor now. It, it, you know, r- relative to to um, other. I used to be quite. I used to be on, on the level with with sort of mid-level solicitors and things. You know, that journalism used to be a, a, a career where you got quite well paid. That market has collapsed now, and I think you get these kids prepared to work for 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 peanuts. Um, mm. I suppose what I'm saying is, you can buy an awful lot of global global health editors for for three million dollars, um, and I, it, it's a crying scandal. How can newspapers allow themselves to accept donations from people with vested interests in certain agendas? It's, it's well, I think it's, 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 unfortunately, and this for me is one of the biggest ironies of the whole situation is I, you know, I, I consider myself to be relatively politically centrist. I dabble on either side of that line as, as, as necessary, but there is obviously within the left, there is a general dis, uh, uh, dissatisfaction with the influence of globalist uh, agendas and, and corruption. Yet this entire thing has been underpinned by corruption and financial incentives. Yet the, there's whole swathes of the population have not picked up on that fact and challenged that. Because you're absolutely right. Whether it's the media being bought, the World Health Organization, many of the other central institutions mm. which have propagated what we've seen here. Where is the outcry around that injustice? You know, the role of philanthropic capitalism. How is how can Bill Gates play such a dominant force in a single global issue? Is 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 quite frankly shocking. No, ma- no matter what you think about the virus or lockdowns or the vaccines, surely you can look at this situation and think this is not right. Surely you can look at the media and see the amount of money they're receiving from governments and the messaging from governments, uh, and say, well, hang on a minute. How how do we have a free press when? when there is this influence. Yeah. How are so many people sitting silent, but also within the industry itself? So there's no wonder why mainstream press is struggling to, to you know, having to put up paywalls and, you know, local local media, you know, you've got a local newspaper and it's just endless pop-ups because they that they can't they can't financially survive. Well, you're not going to survive if you're not going to remain a, a, a truly independent free press. And yeah. independence is a strong, you know, it's a strong word for the mainstream media. There's never been true, true independence, but at least free press where you have the, the opportunity to, to dissect what is happening. Uh, and in the, it just blows my mind, but it's, it's why there's the rise of alternative media. And, it, and it's a classic, it's a classic disruptor situation here where I, th- I think some of the mainstream press are on borrowed time. It's like the blockbuster Netflix story. Some people, you know, blockbuster thought they were too big to be destroyed. But, you know, I think the, sa- I think the same is coming for mainstream media. You know, some are in so institutionalized that perhaps they'll last, last a bit longer than others. But you can- we cannot live in a world where there is no free press. Or, or can we, if, if the corruption is so deep? You know, that's, that's the challenge. Well, you're right. They, they would have died long ago. All of them, actually, I think. But they're being. I mean, look at the sun. The sun is not representing its readers' interests anymore. The sun. The, the sun. The sun is has been pushing the vaccine narrative more aggressively than I think any other newspaper. I I, I read a. I read a a leader in the Super Soraway Sun only only last week, where it was it was it was saying anyone who doesn't want to get one of these experimental gene therapies injected in their arm is a is a is a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist loon um who is irresponsible jeopardizing the lives of others yeah i mean it's 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 the old it's the old jews jews thing again it, it, it could have come from volkischer beerbachter or 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 the stormer um it, it it's you know just changed the identity of the of, of the marginalized group being mentioned and it's the same story the, now, exactly. the, the, 
the tabloid newspapers, if nothing, you know, if they had one job, and that is to represent the interests of of the of the, of the working classes, um, of their readership, and they just don't do that anymore. They just lie to them, just like any other, like 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 the broadsheets are lying, and they. I mean, no, but you know, do you remember? You're old, old enough to remember the time when you'd go and you'd go away to, to stay with people in in the country, maybe, and you'd nip down on a Sunday morning. You'd nip down to the news agents to get you know you settle down with your, you know, having a late breakfast and read the papers and spread them out over the floor and sprawl in front of a fire, or whatever. No one does that anymore. No one reads the papers anymore. They, they should have died long ago, and they've been kept on on a drip they've been i mean they're they're zombie they're zombie institutions which have been kept alive by this this by our money that's the thing i'm paying for this crap you're paying for this crap it's outrageous i think every newspaper should be closed down right now i despise them all i have no respect for them i really don't i just think they are they are scum they are absolute they are do you, do you think there is a do you think there will come a field there though do you i mean I mean, the, the journalists have had it so easy. I mean, just log into your, the internet every day, find out the latest number of cases, the latest number of deaths, put it on a front page, use the word surge excessively. You know, it's there's no, there's, I mean, there's no, I mean, you could just basically put your feet up, drink as much espresso as you want, and, uh, you know, the story writes itself. Do you, but do you think there will come a time where there is a field day? Once, once, once the hysteria of coronavirus dies down, where they, pull this thing to shreds they tear apart the governments because there's plenty i mean there's uh, the ammunition is there i mean to to, to, to uh, on whichever you know if, if you've got a political leaning as a paper whether you want to tear down the conservatives or labor who have been completely absent as an opposition the ammunition is rife it's so uh, do you think no. there will come a time where no uh, right because I, mean, I, I thought this i thought this summer there would there would be a ripple but i'll tell you why this, this i think it won't happen yeah because the mm. business model of newspapers now is not about sales. It's, it's, it's not, it's about, it's, it, they are, they are quite literally um, departments of, of the state. They, that's what they've mm. become. They've become yet another branch. You know, they might as well be called the ministry of, well, they might as well be called the ministry of propaganda because that is what they are. The BBC is part of the, you know, that's what George Orwell, the, the, the ministry of truth was based on the BBC. And that is all they are now. They, they, so so they, they, there is no incentive for them, no, no financial incentive for them to turn around and say, because if there were, wouldn't at least one paper be, be um, taking a contrary line? Just one. You would have thought so. I mean, the mail, the mail had a pop. They've had a pop. Uh, here and there, but not consistently. The Telegraph here and there, of, 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 you know, there's there's the occasional piece just to, just to, to, to give the illusion that there is a a, a, a a critical voice. But but in that case, then if they're not going to turn on the governments, you know, w- will they turn on the private contractors? You know, the the Sun didn't expose a on the test and trace. Uh, the, the, sorry, the testing, yeah. um, the lateral flow testing. Will they will they examine the role of Bill Gates? Will they will they go beyond the government situation? Yeah. They are the ministry of the you know. W- w- will they find a way to at least criticize the institutions that have manufactured the vaccines? For instance, will they will they take a tear down approach there? Do you think there's any recourse yeah. from this? What, what will well, what will happen is that the orders will come down from on high um, that we need a few token sacrificial victims i mean i i think for example fauci is living on borrowed time i Mm. think it's i mean we can but dream but it's it's possible that even bill gates is living on borrowed time um that would be good wouldn't it um i think that hancock hancock ought to have gone down by now because of the midazolam if that's you pronounce it midazolam um scandal where where essentially people in old people's homes have been that their, their, their deaths have been hastened by by this mm. this this you know put on the on the kind of the so-called care pathway prematurely um you would have thought that but instead he was kind of eased out of office on a on a kind of a, a, an engineered sex scandal which I'm, I'm 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 just still not convinced by um it's it's like 
yeah we'll, we 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 proles we we ordinary folk will be given a few you know here's a head on a platter for you for you proles you know enjoy it you know be be salome for the day and and but the machine will grind on I don't. I don't see mm. that. I don't mm. see a media reckoning because the media is 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 no longer the free press that John Wilkes and people like that fought for. You know, you look at the history of the free press, and you know, interestingly, Mick Hume wrote a, another of the of the the living Marxism crowd. Again, used to make great arguments. Wrote a book called "There's No Such Thing as a Free." Was it? I forget about, about about the history of the press, and you realise how hard mm. won uh, our media freedoms were, and how there was a time when people weren't allowed even to report on the proceedings of Parliament. You know, these these MPs supposedly representing you, you couldn't know what they were saying in the in the House, and and gradually that changed, and 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 the mobs demanded it. We knew we well, that's what we need. You know, we need a return to mm-hmm. the. 18th century, the mob saying, look, we're not going to put up with this, this crap. You cannot get away with it. It's, but this, I I don't see it happening anytime soon. No, I mean, for me, that was always a perception of the role of the press is to take, to take that role is to to hold the government to account. From your perspective, obviously you worked, you worked inside of uh, the big press. Yeah. Do you think there was a tipping point where that, fully eroded because obviously it's probably been a gradual decline but it's was there a, a tipping frog. point where right it's 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 been a boiling frog i think mm. people who've studied this kind of thing for longer than i have will will tell you you james dunningpole are being seriously naive if you imagine that that it suddenly went downhill in in 2020 that yeah um yeah. the the no, I, 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 I think that the, the newspaper proprietors have never acted in, tre- in the interests of, of, the, of the people who read their, their newspapers. They, you know, they, they, they make a token show of it. You know, they, they, they embrace these campaigns, you know, the people's whatever. You know, they, they, they adopt causes because they know that the, this is what the proles like. But ultimately, they are they're not serving the interests of the readership. And I think that that's probably but but yes, definitely, it's got worse. Definitely, it's got worse. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the Telegraph now, for example, is unrecognizable from the paper I, 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 I wrote for there was there was, I think you could take it. I'll give you what I'll give you one example of this. Um, that when this when they tried to do with the swine flu what they're doing now with so-called covid 19 um you know the, the the swine flu too was this kind of non-event which was which which the media tried to big up into something it, it was not and I, I think people twigged much much more effectively then that you know I mean, my my kids had swine flu and they didn't even notice they had it um when they had they brought out this vaccine for swine flu and, the, and and you started having, you know, only a handful of people died very quickly. The vaccine was nixed. It was, they didn't, they stopped the rollout because they, the, the public just weren't going to wear it. And, and there were media voices saying, this is ridiculous. We cannot have this. That is not happening now. And that's the difference that, that nobody, nobody is saying, uh, as I say, th- there seems to be some kind of editorial clause uh, a yeah. sort of an edict given down to every commentator, however edgy and feisty, which is my thank God I don't work in the mainstream media anymore. Um, that I don't, I don't give a shit. Like I will never write for the mail or the sun or the telegraph or any of these papers ever again. And I do not give a flying fuck um, because, uh, and, and so I can say this, but how many other journalists are there? You, you know, you get get you get paid pretty well for writing for the Mail and, sun, and the Sun, even now. You know, a lot of people kind of depend on it, so they have to toe the line, and they are not allowed to say that they'd be rude about the vaccines. It's extraordinary. I mean, I find it very hard. I mean, very, I mean, even even those that I know of, you know, independently, you see them on Twitter sharing their views. I just don't know how you can go and work for an organization that's not representative of the whole picture. You know, it's, it's, I don't know how, I mean, I, I've, 
I've boycotted certain products because you know the high, the, the, the way Heineken started advertising uh, that the night is for the jab. It's, I just I, I I mean I don't really drink Heineken anyway. That, but, are you are you telling me that you used to drink Heineken? <laughs> that, no, they, they busy, actually were busy Dutch. My, my wife, my yes. wife, yes. my wife is pre- my wife is pregnant, so she does. She's on. Uh, she has a couple of non-alcoholic beers, and the Heineken one was reasonable. Um, but uh, I just said I, I will boycott that. It's, it's just it, it's in principle. So uh, where is the principles amongst the individual? But it, it you know I know that everyone has bills to pay, families to feed, etc. But but there got to be a point. In I mean, surely everyone has a tipping point. Everyone has a point of leverage where enough is enough. You know, if I was working for an organisation now, I would be looking elsewhere to find somewhere that was more closely aligned with my values where oh, I could have Dan, free expression. You've because- got, you, look, you've been lucky enough to carve yourself out a career where you're kind of, I mean, okay, maybe you're, you're the bitch of your clients, but basically you are free to decide how you earn your money. You and I are really, really I am now, but I spent eight years in corporate, you know, that's, you know, it's, um, in fact, I left corporate because it didn't resonate with my values. That was one of the primary re- reasons I left. You know, I, I had a good career. I, I enjoyed my work, but I just didn't resonate with the organization. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be part of it. I but most people don't have that option. I mean, I, I, playing, no. playing Mr. Sympathy for a moment, Mr. Understanding. Yes. I, 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 I <laughs> you know, even though I despise people for their cowardice, because, well, and, and I can do so because I'm not one of them. Um, nevertheless, I do understand that people have got to eat. And if you're a hack and every, every conceivable mainstream outlet for your, for your jottings says, sorry, mate. I mean, this was, this was, um, the, the case with, um, I don't think I'm talking out of turn here. I think Lawrence Fox, when he was, when he was, um, you know, campaigning to be mayor of London. And he was told by the the media um, bigwigs, we're totally behind you, mate, if you want to talk about freedom of speech. Yeah, we love freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is, a re- you know, we're really behind it. It's a great thing. But don't criticise the government's coronavirus policy. That's <laughs> that's where we are. And, you know, I've, I've reached the point now where I almost won't, won't write stories about the culture wars and about freedom of speech because I know that it this is a... It's like you are doing the world a disservice because you are pretending that the issue now is, yeah, um, people can't say what they want. And it, it is, of course, an issue, but, it's, but it's, it's much, much worse than that. There is much, much more serious stuff going down than, than uh, another Oxford college saying that somebody should, should use the correct, you know, ask questions about pronouns or something. It's just like... You know, another day, another story about an Oxbridge college doing something woke. And you think mm. my appetite for these stories is diminishing rapidly because it, it's ultimately meaningless. Oxford and Cambridge have fallen. Every institution has fallen. That's not that's not the problem. That is a symptom. That is. But is but it is the, the cause of the problem is much bigger than that. And you're not talking about it because you don't dare. What, which, what are you specifically talking about? Oh, well, no, you see, that's the subject of, you know, two dozen other podcasts, which I'm not going to do now. Yes. Well, I, you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot out there around what people believe or, or understand that is behind this. And it's, some of it, I think there is, there is, there is truth, but I think there is no single, you know, I, I go back to the ball of yarn. I think there is, there are multiple strands to this and each one of them plays an important role in what we're, what we're experiencing and dissecting that you're absolutely right would take multiple episodes in fact we are embarking on this journey on the pandemic podcast and with question everything in fact we're talking about our next summit may be on the wider issues about the things that underpin the erosion of science the things that have underpinned um uh the the, the destruction of free speech all, all of these factors that have, that have okay. led to what we're experiencing today it, it all connects. It all and, connects. And, and there is actually there, um, there is there is a grand overarching theory, but we're, we're not going to go into it now. And it's not even a theory. It's, <laughs> it's 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 the true the true history of the world, and it ain't what we're taught in the schools. Uh, not that we are taught much in schools these days, and that's that's another problem. But anyway, um, I know you you've got you've got to you've got to go. I've 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 taken up too much of your time because I, I can I can see that we're we're already overrunning, and you, and you're a busy boy. Um, 
Yeah, so, I got to jump. I'm, a, I'm jumping on another interview in a, just just under an hour. So uh, yeah, yeah you see, and, and 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 I understand from your your assistant or whatever that you like you actually like, you actually prepare for your interviews, which is which is very impressive. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do. Yes. Um, but it's been really good talking to you. Thank you. And um, and Likewise. well done Thank you, James. on, on organising that that conference. Um, may I remind um, anyone who, who uh, doesn't support me on Patreon or Subscribestar that that you know freedom isn't free, and I um, I love your support. And uh, you can also find me at um, dellingpoleworld.com and um, and I'm on channels like Odyssey and, and Rumble because obviously YouTube is going to make people like us increasingly unwelcome. Um, so thank you for your support. And again, Dan, thank you very much for being on Deadly Pod. Oh, by the My way, did we get, do, how many how many live viewers did we get? Did anyone watch? Can you tell uh, me? I haven't got the numbers in front of me. I, I, let me see. Let's have a look. I, I would imagine a reasonable number. Dustin's. Let's have a look. Anyway. Dustin's. Uh, I'll let you know after the live. We'll, I'll take a look. We'll take a look. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank Bye. you.